0: Strip by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people. Um, Today, we are again virtually recording here in my home studio and also recording with the wonderful Sarah Tonin from her wonderful home. Say hello. Hello. Hi. I'm so happy to have you on the show, my dear. (laughs) I'm so happy to be on your show. (laughs) So happy. Okay, tell the audience who you are, like what you do, where you come from, anything you want. Basically, you want the audience <laughs> to know. <laughs> Go for it. Hey, we're to begin. Well, I am
1: Sarah Tonin. I am a burlesque performer here in Vancouver. I'm also a pole instructor, I'm a competitive pole dancer, um, I'm an actor, singer, dancer. I mean, basically, almost anything and all things performance-related, I do. But yeah, right now, I'm really dipping my toes into that burlesque scene. I perform primarily with the Vansity Vixens Cabaret, formerly known as Cabaret Tourlage. Uh And yeah, that's, that's you know, that's, that's my life. And I perform in gigs
0: around the city when I can. Wow. Well, that's a long list of things. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> All the things. (laughs) Okay, so why don't why don't we get into burlesque? How did you get started? Like what is the story with that? It's all new to me. Tell the audience everything.
1: (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah. So my burlesque story, it's been like a really long journey of self-discovery. So long, 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 long time ago. I took a burlesque class at Harbor Dance Center uh, under, I think it was Lee Torlage who taught it. Oh my God, me and, too. <laughs> I know, it was so cool. She's the best. A um, long time ago. And actually, so I did go to musical theater school and I had been rejected um, after my first audition. So I was going to audition again. And I was like, oh man, I need to find a dance class. Cool, burlesque, that sounds fun. Um, <laughs> so naturally, that's what I did. I had so much fun with that. It was really basic movement. I was really understanding, like, feeling myself. Uh, then I think, yeah, it was that summer. I did – oh, my God. I did, like, a small little burlesque, my little pony number. Kind of embarrassing. What? Um, oh, my God. With,
0: amazing, this is amazing,
1: though. No, I've never told <laughs> you this, but I did something with Geek Enders a long-ass time ago. Okay, and yeah. And I, GeekEnders is another burlesque troupe in the city, right? It's another burlesque troupe, yeah. Right. Um, and this was under a completely different stage name. Oh, my God. And it just, yeah, I don't really count it as my burlesque debut because, like, I did it once and then I didn't do it again. It was, like, really bad. I had, like, a pasty fall off. And <gasps> I was like, oh, my God. I was oh mortified. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so scary. Okay. And then I went to musical theater school. Um, so clearly, like, the burlesque got put onto the side for a bit. Okay. Then I finished school and was like, okay, you know, getting into the theater scene – and then the magical performance or show known as Vamp happened, which yes. was a musical burlesque extravaganza put on by <laughs> Two Fly Productions. Amazing. And it was the, the, honestly one of the best shows I've ever been in. It was so much fun. It was so liberating. It was so, it really opened my eyes to what burlesque could be. It could be anything and all things you want to be um The story of it is this girl who lives in like this super respectable town where there's no sex before marriage. Like sex is super taboo, but she's horny all the time. So she <laughs> masturbates Brian <with> <laughs> Gosling, falls into the sexual underworld, and has to go through the seven deadly sins as, as sexual creatures. I oh my was, god. Yeah, I was what was it? I was a zombie, a werewolf, and a clown.
0: Of course you were. Show.
1: Yes, it was so much fun, so much fun. <laughs> and as a clown, I had like this rainbow umbrella with the purple dildo on the top of it, so that was really <laughs> exciting. Um, That's hilarious. Yeah, that so was that like last show, year, right? Yeah, this was this was actually um, it only closed like a year ago, as of yesterday, I believe.
0: Oh my so, god! Vamp anniversary. Yeah, that,
1: yeah, Vamp was my burlesque debut as Serotonin, and it was actually the producers of that show that donned me that name. They gave me that name. Really? Um, yeah, so they gave, So it's it's thanks to Two Fly that I have this wonderful, wonderful name.
0: Okay. Um, Is there a story behind then,
1: that? Sorry? Is there a story behind that? No, it's just, well, just because they were like, oh, your real name sounds similar to this. And I was like, uh, I don't really want to have my real name in it. So let's change it to Sarah. Right. So Sarah. Also, Sarah Tonin sounds just like way better, closer to the actual chemical. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, then I did that. And then I just like was like, wow, I really like this. And then I sort of stopped doing... Well, I didn't really get into many musicals after that. And I just like kept doing burlesque and i had so much fun with it and yeah so like i did a couple more gigs after that i did wizards undress at the rio theater this past summer is it harry potter yeah it's like a harry potter thing i whole danced and was bellatrix lestrange and i danced to a kim petra song uh, called in the next life and it was so much fun yes and i yeah i joined cabaret tourlage um when it was called Cabaret Tourlage, I joined for their Halloween show as a singer. And then, yeah, it's just the rest is history. I've just been performing with, yeah, Cabaret Tourlage at the Penthouse ever since. We did rebrand recently. I guess we'll get into that later. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and some here and there I do gigs, especially online right now. I'm doing uh, Two Fly Productions, they're doing Pent Up, which is like, an online virtual cabaret so I've done right. that once already and I just found out this morning I'm doing it again in a few weeks what? so that's really exciting
0: congratulations yeah I, I, thank you <laughs> so many things for you and it sounds like things are just not slowing down which is incredible during this time yeah, so. no
1: it's really something else I mean to me it feels like everything slowed down because like I've had everything ripped away like studio time and
0: yeah all that jazz but COVID yeah But we'll we'll get into that too. Okay, there's so many things. Okay, back up, back up, back up. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so that was your intro to burlesque. Sounds incredible. I did did not know all that. (laughs) Okay, because we're friends in real life. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is a real story. I'm getting the full deal. This is awesome. (laughs) But besides burlesque, you do obviously like a lot of cross training too. And you do pole dancing, which is where I know Mm -hmm. you from. So do you want to tell the audience a little bit about that too? Because like you're an amazing pole uh, dancer. Thank you. <laughs> you. Just have to um, say that well, on the record. <laughs> well, thank you so much.
1: Well, uh, yeah, I do pole dancing, and that's like a whole other. Like everything I do in my life has like this big grand story to it. Now that I think about it, it's yes. kind of crazy. <laughs> um, so I I started with Tantra Fitness. Gosh, like three or four years ago. And I actually started in aerial silks. So I trained oh. in aerial silks for a year. Really? And I did. I yeah. did not so know did that. Silks. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I have a lot of surprises up my sleeve.
0: Um. <laughs> <laughs> and only like five minutes of so, the podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I did silks for like a year. But I just remember there was a girl, I don't remember who it was, training for PSO. And it was at the Richmond location where they had those two – poles that people used for competition training.
0: Oh, back in the day. And
1: back in the day. <laughs> and sense. I just remember seeing her do this absolutely gorgeous witch drop all the way to the bottom of the pole. And like it took my breath away. And I was like... <gasps> I want to do that. So (laughs) I slowly transitioned into pole, but now I'm pole only. I don't do aerial silks anymore, or I used to do a little bit of hoop as well. But yeah, I don't do any of that anymore. Yeah, but it was natural because like, honestly, my body isn't really well built for silks because I find with silks, you need to have sort of this natural flexibility. Um, But I just didn't have, I'm not a super flexible person to begin with. Like, it's really hard for me to get my brain around that. So pole mm. was so much better because there's so much fake flexibility involved in it. <laughs> fake till um, I make it. <laughs> and I faked it till I made it. Yes. So yeah, <laughs> I did pole. I, I trained, I kind of went up the levels pretty quickly because mm-hmm. of silks. And then yeah, I did competitions after that. And it was just so much fun. And I'm typically under the entertainment category. So I like doing comedic funny upbeat numbers. Occasionally, I'll do like a serious dramatic piece, but I don't know. Funny, that's like my style in burlesque as well. I'm either like really sleek and sexy and fierce, or I'm just like downright ridiculous and silly and honestly I love being silly on stage I love making a fool of myself on stage if I can get people to laugh I'm happy
0: yes <laughs> but yeah. it's also just really great to show all the different facets that you have too and to really showcase your artistic ability because you're so diverse you know what I mean
1: uh, yeah no and it's fun to just be able to like express yourself well actually too um PSO is having an
0: online competition coming up I was going to ask with- you about that are you going to be competing? Yes I am. Um, when is that going to be?
1: <laughs> I'm doing an entertainment piece because I haven't technically debuted a serotonin in the competition world yet and right. I was going to do that before COVID canceled it. Yes
0: we were both so me. upset about that.
1: <laughs> I was so upset because you had helped me so wonderfully with that number. I, I went know. from like zero to zero exotic new <laughs> to like kind of okay and I was like ready for my 80s montage Um, (laughs) but that didn't happen so when PSO happens in real life I'm gonna save that number for the stage yeah so I'm gonna be performing a comedy number oh okay this is okay so the song is called High Waisted by a performer known as Shirley Nome. she's a local Vancouver singer but she's a comedy singer
0: oh very cool the song
1: is about her love of high-waisted granny panties and how they're so <laughs> comfortable. So I ordered a size two granny panties off Amazon. I'm am going to strap my stuff around my pole while singing and pole dancing about my love. Well, not singing, but like pole dancing about my love of granny panties. Oh my god! I'm really excited for this piece. It's going to be great. <laughs>
0: wait, wait, wait. When? When? When is this going to be again? I I'm can't. I can't remember when the actual date um, is.
1: Um, it's. Happening over two Saturdays, like yeah. in June. It's like June 13th, 20th, I think. Don't quote me on that, but something like that.
0: Okay. I'll plug it in the, the podcast notes, and also I'll be sure to ask you again at the end of the show, where can we find you? Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we can promote that. That's super cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So pole dancing has obviously been a very, very, very big part of your life. Yeah. <laughs> Very big. A little bit on hold right now, but you do have a pole at home. So, I, yes,
1: one of my friends was so kind and is lending me one of her poles. It is a static only pole, so no spinning. Mm, Um, Okay. Which is fine because I'm in like a really small space. So, I feel like
0: if I did spin pole, I would just hit my wall and all the
1: things and it
0: wouldn't be great. No, would not be good. But at least you have that. Like, how has the training at home been? Like how I've Um, I've been motivated. I see you training every day. So I'm like, wow, girl, I'm so (laughs) jealous. I wish I had a pole in my house.
1: It's really hard actually. Like honestly, there are days where I have to force myself to just try and do an hour of the pole because I, I'm so used to having people in the studio and all that support. And it's, it's really weird being at home and not having friends like being able to spot you or encourage you Mm -hmm. or get inspiration on what you're going to train on that day. A lot of my training is inspiration from Instagram. I'm also like when I try new moves, I really like a spotter and to not have that security blanket has just been kind of jarring. And it it can be really frustrating at times because you're like, I really want to get this move. I really want to get this trick. But when you don't get it, it's like, oh, like, you, you know, it's, it's got its ups and downs. There are definitely days where I feel really successful and I'm able to just forget about it and pull for longer than what I would expect myself to. But when I do train, I, I try to aim for that, like minimum one hour on the pole. And then if I'm not feeling it, I just call it quits. Cause you need to be like in a good mental state as well right. in order to get a good workout in.
0: Yeah, totally. I hear you. I remember when COVID- first started, and everything's closed, you know, gonna try to, like, dance at home or train at home. Finding that motivation was so hard. Like, so hard. Even still, like, to this day, I get days where I'm, like, I don't feel, like, moving, but I have to do something. And, like, just the amount of exercise and training that I've been doing is just, like, a minuscule amount compared to what I was doing before. (laughs) Oh, totally. Yeah, no, I feel
1: that. I mean, even I, right now, still feel like I've lost a lot of things, and I... I mean, but in that same respect, like with training at home, I've gained other things as well. Like mm-hmm. I forced myself to really work on my flexibility, which I, would, you know, I have a really hard time doing at the studio anyway. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's been sort of like a bonus.
0: So at least you've developed other skills too. So at least you have that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ish. <laughs> <laughs> But the cross training is really, really great, you know, for both burlesque, for pole dancing, also for your acting. Did you want to speak a little bit about your acting as well? Oh, yeah. Um, Well, I,
1: okay, yeah. So my acting, I am trained in musical theater. I have my diploma from Capilano University. Yes. Um, So (laughs) that was a lot of fun. So yeah, I was sort of in the musical theater world for about a year before I decided to take a break from it and now just go into the burlesque scene and really dive headfirst into that Mm -hmm. but i have used my pole dancing in theater uh in the musical theater world as well i did a show of guys and dolls where they had me bring my pole and i was a pole dancing gangster Um, (laughs) so cool it's so fucking badass It was really fun. So I've done stuff like that before. And I also really find that the training in musical theater and being so expressive and learning how to tell a story with dance and song has really helped shape a lot of the pieces that I create when Mm -hmm. I'm pole dancing or even doing burlesque. It helps me tell that story that I'm trying to tell or be expressive um, when I need to be.
0: Right, and that is so important, too. Like I could only speak on the competitive front with pole dancing, but like just having that story to tell is so important. and oh, yeah, not like everyone having, has it like, yeah, like what what is
1: what is it you're trying to say, like what are you trying to get across? Is there a beginning, middle, end? Is there not? What is your character feeling? Are they sad? Are they happy? Are they, you know, all these questions that you answer as you explore the piece.
0: Totally. And because, like, you have had so much experience with, like, comedic or, like, um, a comedic front um, also like more in the entertainment category and stuff too I remember you mentioned earlier too but also I helped <laughs> coach you with your last routine um, that transition from you know being a comedic relief or being very dramatic having those like story arches and those storylines how do you move from that to exotic which doesn't always need to have a narrative Like, was that transition difficult for you? Or even just, like, getting in touch with your sensuality and your your sexual side? Yeah. I mean, honestly, this past year has really
1: been an exploration of my sexual self. Um, Like, I'm going to be honest. I was a super vanilla person all my life. I'm still a super vanilla person, like, if I'm going to be real. And just being able to go, like, oh, I, I can be sexy. This is what sexy feels like. But it is really hard to transition from that constantly telling a story to, yeah, suddenly you're doing exotic, and there is no storyline necessarily. Yeah. And just feeling yourself and expressing that. And that, that was a little harder for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also found that I really enjoyed it. So I think that helped. And when I realized, like,
0: oh, I
1: actually look good doing this. Yeah, you do. It sounds good. So I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, that leg line. Mm, yeah, okay, Don't do that again. Like, (laughs)
0: like yeah, like, that's definitely tricky because I remember, like, my very first competition and they had feedback sessions before and I remember, like, they were all just like, well, what's the storyline with your piece? And I'm like, well, there is no storyline because, I don't know, I want to – dance in a sensual manner and like showcase those skills and I don't know I didn't agree with their feedback in terms of like you need to have a story I'm like it's not like a lyrical routine it's not like like dramatic or anything like that you know what I mean it's so different. Yeah. It, it's hard to do that unless, like, your song conveys some type of lyrics and that you can really just play into it. But that's just my two cents. <laughs>
1: I mean, okay, if we're going to get into it. Like, yeah, your storyline is you're trying to turn the audience on. Yeah, That is your goal. That yes. is your storyline. Make
0: end. me wet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of sensuality, can we talk about cabaret tourlage and also – well, now – called van city vixens cabaret tell us about that yeah so yeah
1: cabaret Tourlage. um i joined recently with the troupe as i said i'm a singer for them so i come on i sing songs i do a little bit of pole all that jazz um but yeah we recently rebranded we are now called van city vixens cabaret Um, which is really, really exciting. We're starting this new chapter of the troupe, and I'm so excited to see what we have in store. We're still sort of in the planning sessions of everything right now. COVID obviously ruined all of our plans <laughs> for the next show, yes. which we were going to do a Broadway show and no. I was so excited for a Broadway themed show. Cause that's my jam. Yeah. Um, oh man. I'm sorry. Yeah. So that's obviously been put on hold. So we're still trying to figure out like, what are we going to do online? But yeah, we've created a new Facebook page, a new Instagram and yeah, we're just really in the planning phases right now. But yeah, the troupe has been a long, 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 long running troupe. When it was Cabaret Tourlage, it was founded by Lee Tourlage. Yes. Back at the penthouse. And yeah, it's just been this amazing ongoing show. It's going on for years and years and years. Um, so and we're still going strong. So yeah, it's usually usually shows are every other month at the penthouse. And that's outside of quarantine rules. <laughs> yeah like if you follow us on Instagram and Facebook we'll be sure to let everyone know what the future plans are and hopefully when clubs open up again we'll be able to
0: showcase an amazing show yeah definitely I'm so excited to like see you guys perform live uh, for those who who have never been to a burlesque show what can they expect from Vanity Vixens or even like if you want to speak about your past shows what can we expect like is it singing and dance what kind of numbers are involved and so, yeah. on. so
1: each burlesque show is unique, depends on the theme. So specifically with fan city vixens cabaret, you can expect it's like a small troupe. We're going to get intimate. We're going to look at you as we dance. We're going to entice you. We are going to take our clothes off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one thing that you really can expect at any and all burlesque show is anytime someone does something that you like, you cheer for them. That's right. Uh, it, yeah, you cheer and you hoot and you holler for them, and it just makes the vibe so much better. A lot of burlesque shows in general tend to have a theme to them. The most recent show I did, Pent Up Online, it didn't. It was more of like a cabaret of different performers' abilities and, sh- and showcase what they can do. But a lot of the times, like for example, when I did the Harry Potter one,
0: it was Harry Potter themed. So amazing. <laughs>
1: Um, I've seen other burlesque shows where it's like a gory, bloody theme, which is really cool too. There's been, you know, Geekenders does a lot of geeky, nerdy stuff, which is just uh, fantastic. So yeah, it really it depends on, you know, what the producers decide they're going to produce that month, and they ask the community for pitch ideas, and we pitch them, and then they take us and we perform away. So
0: yeah, that is so really cool.
1: And then sometimes there's, like, other numbers where burlesque dancers, um, like, I know with Lames on Lust, they will have the girls come into the audience and they'll dance for you, but no touching. Touching is not allowed. That's, like, a huge thing. Never, right. ever, ever touch a burlesque dancer. Right. Um, yeah. No
0: non-consensual touching. <laughs> like, yeah. No, totally. Yeah. What are some of the other like, rules and I, stuff, too? Because for those who have never been to a burlesque show and, like, each burlesque show is a little bit different, though, too. So depending on the venue, yes,
1: each burlesque, yeah, each burlesque show is very different depending on the venue. But in general, for almost all performances, it's safe to say no touching the performers. Mm-hmm. Um, cannot do that. And the other one is no photography and no videoing of the performers. Um, right. Really it's for the safety of the performers and it's just for the comfort because, you know, we are taking our clothes off. We are having fun. We are being sensual and sexual. I mean, it's the same thing when you go to a strip club, right? Yes. Like don't film people. Don't touch them if they don't want you to. Don't like- be
0: creepy. <laughs> just don't be creepy.
1: Don't be creepy. Be a respectable human. Why is um, it so
0: hard? <laughs> yeah, it's not that hard. No. No. <laughs> So I know there's, no. a, there's, like, some comparisons. And obviously because, like, Capri Torlage slash Fancy mixes takes place in the penthouse. Yes. Is there, um, well, oh, I know there's no full nudity, but how, how much nudity is there? How much skin is shown and stuff like that? Are tips allowed? Um,
1: um we get down into pasties and a thong. That yes. is basically what we do um oh. yeah I've seen burlesque performers get down to pasties and a c-string which oh, those wait. are kind of fun what's a c-string yeah. what yeah I mean, so a c-string is like what is it it's like a little cup that goes under your vagina and like what I'm googling it. This. it's, it's just a string that hangs out there like google it it'll make more sense when you see it but it's like a thong
0: without the oh. sides oh my god yeah. how does that keep together I'm just googling this now
1: I have no idea. There must be like some wire in it, but
0: they're pretty cool. If anyone in the audience knows, please let me know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, please. And let me know too. How do they stay on? Oh my God. I'd be so nervous to dance in that, but that's so cool. Kudos to them. Yeah, right? What about tips and stuff too? How does that protocol work for you guys?
1: With tips. I know when I was at the Rio, for example, um, because that stage is so big mm-hmm. i haven't gotten any tips there mm-hmm. um actually in a lot of burlesque performances i haven't received many tips the only ones that i have received tips for are like for example with pent up right. um, because they have virtual tipping available so if Ooh. you're watching the show you can send they usually provide a link as to where you can submit your tips to so people will tip us and then we get a portion of those tips cool. um but the thing is is burlesque performers we love tips honestly it's same as anywhere else. Like, if we're performing for you, tip us. We love it. At the Penthouse, it's the same thing. When we're doing the Van City Vixens Cabaret, um, just throw the money on the stage.
0: Yes. We like it.
1: We'll take it. We'll be thankful for it. Like, <laughs> we love it.
0: If you like what you see, tip your performers, guys. They're they yeah, to if entertain you. You. What you see,
1: tip us. Yes. We like it. We love money.
0: <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> right? okay wait wait okay so you were speaking about pent up so pent up is all these virtual performances that just that just debuted last month I think right in April yeah yeah it just happened last month so cool so it's really really so interesting to see all these performances move into the online sphere how has that been for you guys
1: It's been interesting and I've been noticing a lot of different burlesque companies are doing different things with virtual performances. Um, So Pent Up used Zoom, Mm -hmm. which was really cool and they had all the performers pre-record their performances in a video setting. And then we would send it to the producers. They would edit the videos down into like one video. And then they had two hosts which were oh my god they were some fantastic new drag queens in the drag scene here in Vancouver they are fabulous Um, so they would like do a live portion of the two drag queens from their home and then they would trigger the video of like three performances and then it would go back to the hosts and they would talk for a little bit and then trigger more videos and so it was just going back and forth between like the videos and the hosts which was really awesome I found that setup up to be super organized and it wasn't stressful at all. All of the control went to the producers. So mm-hmm. you didn't have to toggle between different people controlling the video or doing anything live. So you oh, can wow. like, you know, so you could do a couple of takes at home and make sure you submit the take you're happy with. And um, you can also edit your own video before you submit it. So you can do like a cool, like music video-esque style, burlesque performance or whatever performance you want.
0: Oh, cool. Um, I know.
1: Yeah, I know other companies are doing other things as well where the Prolesque performers are live. So they do toggle between the different um, performers' screens and videos so that when it's their turn, they get to go and perform live. But again, all of the tipping is now virtual. So it's like, if you like what you see, please give us a tip at this link. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been really interesting for sure. Definitely an adjustment, but it's nice to be able to still share your art online
0: without, you know... Yeah, it's fun. It's really good (laughs) that you guys have that platform, too, and especially with technology, people are just so innovative, and people are just, in general, people are just quick to jump onto Zoom, onto Discord, Skype, you know, FaceTime, all the stuff, so it's really awesome to see that. Oh, totally,
1: and it's so great to see what people come up with in their homes. Um, (laughs) There's some really unique performances, like, what was it, one of the girls... In the last pent-up, she did this whole, like, number on her bed, and it ended with her going into the bed getting ready to masturbate or something like that. (laughs) And it was great.
0: so cool. Um,
1: There was a sexy lesbian unicorn number, and it was hot. And (laughs) it's just so many wonderful, wonderful numbers.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And are these all local performers, like, based in Vancouver, BC? Yeah. So pent-up, I believe – I Believe two-fly polls
1: from local performers, though I'm not sure what the next round of performances is going to look like. It'll probably be local Vancouver performances. Performance, uh, I can't talk. Performancers. <laughs> it's okay, it's Monday morning on a holiday, so <laughs> don't you worry about it. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, they I, I believe they pull locally, but there are other um, cabarets that are happening out there that are pulling from because it's all virtual, so you can submit to anything you want, you can go to submit something to Seattle and do something virtually with them. Hey, is something happening out in LA? Sure. Go ahead and submit to that. But it just, there's like this security blanket of performing in Vancouver. Um, Mm -hmm. Just because people know who you are. And especially as a baby burlesque performer myself, it's nice to try to get my name out there and have people be like, Oh yeah,
0: there's, that person from Vancouver. Totally. And it's like a really good opportunity. I mean, with COVID and everything, I mean, it sucks that nothing is open, but it's a really cool opportunity for you to kind of like gain and work on your traction as a performer without slowing down. Yes. You know? And also just, as yeah. you said, like breaking down these borders and being able to apply and, and showcase um, on other platforms that are virtually available around the world. Did you also want to talk about – because I know you were teaching for Tantra as well and how moving instruction online, like, any challenges with that? Because obviously we had to do it live, you know? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. I mean, you know as much as I do. It's – God. there's a challenge. It's a challenge to not see your students and not hear their feedback live. You have to constantly check the chat box and be like, oh, my God, is someone, like, does someone need my help? Okay, are we good? No one's saying anything. Am I going too fast? Yeah. Am I going too slow? Like, am yeah. I making a fool of myself? <laughs> um, and, like, it's because you can't see what people are doing as well. You can't feed off of that live energy. So it really is a challenge.
0: Yeah, I know. It's tricky. I mean,
1: I know that. I don't know, you got that email too, but like, Tantra is reopening yes. on
0: June 1st. June 1st,
1: guys.
0: So yeah, sign up for really those classes. For <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm so excited for it. But there's a lot of rules and yes. um, restrictions put into place for that and it's it's definitely going to be a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um especially with you know they're I think they're not teaching some of the higher level stuff just yeah. because like you can't you can't spot right now. We don't no. want anyone touching each other, which is totally understandable and I respect that so much and I'm actually thankful that they're taking those extra precautions.
0: Yeah. But, it's yeah.
1: It's it's tricky because I'm also a very hands-on instructor, and so it's it's difficult when you can't see your students. You can't make those adjustments. You can't. I know. You I... Can't feed off of their energy. <laughs> it's like, am I doing this right?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's going to be very challenging. Just like just as an instructor, but also as performer and stuff too. There are just so many limitations and restrictions going to be put in place. It's going to oh, be. Oh yeah, like I don't have no idea when clubs are going to open up again or oh,
1: venues like. It's gonna be a long time. Like who knows when PSO is gonna happen in real life know. again?
0: Yeah, so PSO is a big competition uh here in Vancouver but also across the world basically. It's a pole dancing competition that we were just one week away from performing and competing at before I know the I'm whole so mad about happened. that. I know, I remember like, you called me and just like, Oh my god, did you see that email?
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I think I texted you as soon as it happened and I was like, I'm
0: so mad. We were so close. Like, we were both just ready for our performances. I was so ready to slay. And then...
1: Yeah, and we just, like, bought a new pair of pleasers, too, right? And, I, like, yeah. yeah, we just bought a new pair of pleasers. I I had my own special pair of pleasers. Yes. And we were,
0: like, ready. And it just... No. Yeah, it's... <laughs> that was, like, really, really just depressing and just not being able to dance and stuff at home. Like, I don't have a pole. I don't really have much space in my apartment, but, like, it... I seriously oh, yeah. think I went through a depression for the first two to three weeks of COVID. Oh, yeah. And stuff, too, which was not fun. And just, like, seeing all my poll stars, like, on Instagram and then people being able to dance, like, it made me really, really, really sad. Yeah, and stuff totally. too. But, yeah. But with that, like, why don't we talk about, um, shift the conversation over to mental health?
1: where do you want to begin oh hi, yes,
0: there. hi. <laughs> like, oh gosh where do you want to begin oh gosh this is such a broad topic but I think it's also really super important conversation to have as well yeah mm-hmm. um
1: oh my god well I'm a huge advocate for mental health I mean I guess I could start with my own um struggles and issues so. yeah whatever you want to share yeah. I mean, I'm such an open book when it comes to my mental health. I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder at the ripe old age of 12 years old. Oh, wow. So I've been fighting that most of my life. I um, have depression. And of course, anxiety comes alongside with OCD in general, because yes. it is an anxiety disorder. Yes. Um, yeah. And it's just sort of been like this up and down roller coaster. When I was younger, I took Prozac for my OCD, mm-hmm. which is what is it? It's called an SSRI. Okay. And basically what it does is with OCD, my brain has a hard time latching onto serotonin. Hey, there's my stage name, serotonin.
0: <laughs> I was just gonna Read say. Is that it? <laughs> it? <laughs>
1: um, yeah, so my brain has a really hard time latching onto serotonin receptors. So like mm-hmm. when serotonin is latched onto my brain it absorbs it really, really quickly. So it doesn't let me feel good for long periods of times. And that's where the anxiety comes from. Okay. So what SSRIs in general, it's like a whole category of medications. What they do is they make you latch onto that serotonin longer so that you can have that sense of relief. So you don't feel so much anxiety. So I took Cozac for about a year when I was younger, like way back in the day, then I stopped. Then I started taking it recently again, um, okay. which, yeah, is more of a, a generic brand. Prozac is like the brand name, but mm-hmm. the the name for the type of medication is called as phloxetine. Okay. Honestly, it's been a, a life changer for me because I reached a point in my life where my OCD and anxiety were through the roof. I was in a really toxic relationship and it was triggering it. And so I needed this medication to... To help keep me under wraps, or to help bring me back to earth, and honestly, like, it's it's been a godsend. It's oh, 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 oh god, <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: awesome. Yeah, so yeah,
1: mental health's been really hard too, especially with COVID and everything. Um, it really yeah. has been triggering a lot of my depression. I already have a lot of like self-image issues and depression and stuff to begin with. Um, I'm generally like a very lonely person. So I that tends to get the best of me as well. Mm -hmm. And with COVID happening, it just really amplified it so much. Like I feel so alone at home. Um, You know, sometimes you feel like friends don't care about you because they don't talk to you. But like, you can't blame them because everyone's going through the same traumatic experience. So like, you can't really get mad at anyone for not being there for you but you're right. also valid in feeling upset because no one is there for you if that makes any sense like no, you're allowed to sense. feel upset you're allowed to be upset that of course you know life is shitty right now but don't take it out on anyone like don't put that expectation on others because we're all going through the same shitty situation yeah, um
0: definitely so,
1: yeah it's it's just one of those things and you know, it's hard to manage it from day to day. Like, there are some days where, you know, I can't even pole dance because it's just, it weighs so heavy on my heart that I can't, I, I just can't get myself to move. So, like, I'll just stay, hang around, watch Netflix all day. Um, I'm an avid crocheter, so, like, I'll crochet. <laughs> <something> like that. <laughs> <laughs> And really, when I find my stress levels peaking, that's when I I try to actively reach out to friends. Like, honestly, Mm -hmm. the best you can do for yourself is just like reach out to a friend that you really trust and be like, hey, can I talk to you? Like, I'm really stressed right now. And I just need to vent. That can really, really help. Yeah, just Um, get it out of our system. Exactly. You need an outlet to get it out of find your outlet, like whether that be like, exercise, um, medication is okay. Like we need to get rid of this freaking stigma that yes. medication isn't okay. Like it's so it's okay to it. Ugh, it's such a, such a big topic and such a big thing for me just because it's like, I've been fighting it all my life. And even myself was feeling really self-conscious about taking medication again for the longest time. I just kept saying, no, I want to be able to handle my OCD on my own without help with Like I want to do this on my own. Right. But it just, I couldn't. And it's just like taking a medication for any other illness that you might be handling. It's its just an illness and nothing more. Um, totally.
0: And I'm so glad you're bringing that up. Like, thank you so much for speaking up and and sharing that, um, the positivity positivity around medication. It can really, really help you. And there's just so much stigma around medication all the time.
1: Oh, so much. And whether that's medication for, like, depression, anxiety, whatever you're going through, it's okay. Like, I would say just don't turn to substance abuse. Like, that's the only thing. Um, I know some people, coping mechanism can be very different and harmful. So, I mean, as long as your coping mechanism isn't harmful to your body and medication is so great. And it's so easy to get medication in Vancouver, too. If you have a family doctor... You could just go to your family doctor and say, hey, I'm going through stuff and I would like to consider medication. They're the ones that can get you that medication and get you started. And they can also help formulate a plan for you. Right. I know that my doctor got me in touch with my therapist and it's wonderful because all you have to do is go to the family doctor and do a, what is it called? It's, it's like a mental health um, check-in or something like that. And it's like a 20 minute doctor's appointment where they assess your mental health and then they go over what the options are at that time. And then you have follow-up appointments from there that are also 20 minutes. And they they reassess you each time you come in to see how you're doing.
0: Oh, wow. That's incredible. I didn't know that they had that. (laughs)
1: Yeah, they do that. And it's honestly been such a godsend. Yeah, so good. I will say one thing that is a big pet peeve of mine with OCD specifically So is like a really random side
0: note. No, please like, share. We love tangent. We love tangents on yeah, here.
1: <laughs> okay. Oh my God, people, stop saying you're so goddamn OCD. It's not what you think it is. Yes. Like when you're like taking a hair off of your shirt and you're like, ah, I'm so OCD. No, no, that's not OCD. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. Yeah, OCD it's not. Is like a debilitating life thing that can really be awful and. It's not just like keeping things clean and neat and tidy and like straight. No, it's numbers obsessing, you know, like, did I touch the doorknob three times? Is three a bad number? Oh, three is a bad number. We got to go to touch it four times now. Oh my God, I didn't touch it quite right. Or being intrusive thoughts. It's It's thoughts that you just don't control and you don't want in your brain. Or it's like your brain is telling you, you need to go wash your hands three more times or else... This person is gonna die. It's totally irrational. It's totally horrendous, and totally, it's not pulling hairs off of shirts. I'm sorry, guys, but that's not what OCD is. No, just and you just don't get out there.
0: <laughs> and you don't have to apologize for that. I just feel like there's so many, so many terms. I know. I just better
1: watered down. You know, and I, know, I just get so pissed off when I hear so many people just like go around and be like, ah, "I'm so." Because like I'm pulling this hair off, or like I just need this straight. I'm like, no, <laughs>
0: no, Did that's not it.
1: Like life-changing mental health problems with OCD. No. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: well said. <laughs> Thank you. you mentioned something about like a-, a key to beating and also just maintaining a positive mental health is finding your outlets. What is your what is or what was your process for finding that? Cuz I know a lot of people may struggle with that. They'll turn to substance abuse or they'll maybe start excessively working out or something that can turn into other disorders. How do you prevent that from happening?
1: It's not easy. Honestly, the best thing that you can do for yourself is is get the help that you need. Find I would say find a friend or two or five that you really trust and you really love that when you're having problems that you can really talk about your problems and issues with, you'd be surprised at how many people are okay and accepting of mental health problems. Like I, it's totally normal to think like, Oh my God, I'm such a weird person for thinking these things. I'm such a weird person for feeling these things. I'm embarrassed. It's okay. Everyone has them. Everyone goes through them. And I guarantee you, your friend isn't going to hate you for having those feelings or thoughts and emotions. And in fact, would probably, be really, really thankful if you came forward and talked to them. So many times there are people who hide their mental illness because they they're scared and they mm-hmm. feel like they're going to get judged. Right. Honestly, that's the hardest hurdle to get over. Once you're able to get over that sort of hurdle. And again, I'm only speaking like I'm not a registered nurse or a psychologist. I'm only speaking to what worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, like finding your support group that that, that you can really hone in with. Like that's so important. Find your support group. I recommend so, so, so much going and seeing your doctor, talking about options, finding a therapist that works for you. And finding a therapist is not an easy thing to do sometimes. No. Like I've had really shitty therapists in Vancouver and it was awful, but I've also had really good therapists. Like yes. the one that I'm seeing right now, yes. she is a godsend like, and it, honestly finding the right therapist that works for you. It's, Truly, truly trial and error. A lot of things that I've heard of and the reason why people don't go to therapy, and I swear to God, I've heard this statement so many times when I talk about therapy. Okay. It say, I'm too smart for the therapist. So I just what? feel like I'm not going to get anything out of that. And yeah, so many people say that. And, no way. Um, oh, my yeah, gosh. And I hear, yeah. I'm like, okay, that's the therapist's job. They know that you're thinking that. Yeah. They, they know. Like, this isn't <laughs> – like, their job is to challenge you. Your goal is not to outsmart them. Let them do their work. And yeah. you're not going to outsmart them. Their, their job is to observe you and observe those key things that are happening to you in your brain. And they're there to help you and to challenge you and to help you find coping mechanisms to get over your or to help you get through whatever you're going through. So I'm sorry. It, I just think it's a ridiculous statement.
0: No, no, People, I understand. they
1: too smart for their therapists. I'm like, no.
0: <laughs> they're professionals. Well, Come on. <laughs> they're
1: professionals. They know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I have a question um, um, for you. Do you see, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if you see a trend or anything in the burlesque community, but are there any challenges with, like, mental health in being in burlesque at all? Yeah, I mean, for myself, just
1: because I do have that OCD, I do know that if I do something wrong, I can feel really, really self-conscious sometimes Mm. about a performance that just didn't feel good. Sometimes if someone, one of my castmates is in a mood, sometimes I'm convinced it's something that I did. And even though that's totally irrational and illogical and I may have done nothing, I'll be convinced like, Oh my God, I did something to piss this person off. And it can really set off a bad mood for the performance just for myself. Sometimes, sometimes you can feel inadequate when you see other people and that's totally normal too. And like, no one is inadequate. No, one, that's what I love about burlesque is no one is better than anyone else. Like we're all mm-hmm. here to support each other. We love all body types, all shapes, all sizes. And it's just a celebration of your body. Totally. Um, but I do find that sometimes, though, and I've had had this experience where if I am having a bad day, then maybe going and doing a burlesque performance, yeah, it, it'll leave a bit of a sour taste in my mouth because I'm already in a bad mental mindset. And then you have to go and do this performance and you're like, oh, my God, what am I doing? But, <laughs> you know, that's fine. And sometimes you have those panic modes, too, like, am I going to do this right? Are people going to like it or Totally normal performer stuff. But, yeah, there's definitely been challenges having mental health problems along with doing burlesque as a performance as well. Like, it,
0: it can be really challenging some days. Totally. And did, I don't know if you want to speak about this, but did you want to speak about um, your cause of depression?
1: Yeah. And that's a heavy
0: topic. A very heavy topic,
1: uh, yeah. So... <laughs> I'm gonna be try to be vague, but like yeah, sure. Again, I, however,
0: you're comfortable sharing.
1: Yeah. So my depression comes from. I mean, obviously, it's it is a chemical imbalance in my brain, but a lot of it too is just how I have been spoken to in the past, in particular with my burlesque, and it's been really a really hard journey where I've been told. I've been told, oh, you're going to get raped because you're doing this or you have a low-quality boyfriend. How dare he let you do this? You know, you're never going to get anywhere in life. You're going to get fired from your job. You know, you're setting feminism backwards. You know, being told these things, it, it, it from a very specific source, it's really hard. And yeah. when those people don't understand or they can't see how those words are harmful to you and they're just convinced that what you're doing is wrong it's it's really really hurtful and I mean I still want to do burlesque I'm not going to give that up never giving that up like I'm still going to fight for it because it gives me happiness Mm -hmm. but when those people can't see that it makes you happy and instead they just see you as this You're, you're looking for attention. They're not convinced that it's making you happy. There's this deeper reason. There's something that must be clearly wrong with you, but you just don't see it quite yet. Like you don't know what's wrong with you, but there is something wrong with you and you're, you're not going to see it yet. Like there's no reassurance that it's like, like, can't you just trust me that I'm enjoying what I'm doing? And they they don't trust that. And they're instead trying to put you down and, I've been dealing with a lot of that and it's honestly been so heartbreaking and so hard because it's, it's, it has been a really, really tough time for me to get through, especially with Mm -hmm. coping with all of those things that have been said to me. And this was rather recent as well. So it's still very fresh in my mind and really hurts my heart, but you know, and that's sort of the journey I think with any performer in like the burlesque world, or I guess in any sort of any performance Avenue or even yeah, even in the stripping, in the sex industry world, yeah. any of that, there's so much where you're, you're, you are you're might have people who aren't going to support you. You're going to have people that might just shoot you down. You're going to have people tell you you're setting feminism backwards, even though that's such a bullshit answer. A- and it hurts. It hurts a lot, yeah. especially when it comes from people that matter to you.
0: Yeah, and especially so, when those people are supposed to be supporting you, or not even just supporting you, but just supposed to be caring for you. And yeah, oh,
1: God, it just – it hurts my heart and – it's something that I talk about in therapy as well because it's so hard to know that you're not doing anything wrong and you're just having a good time. I'm not doing anything illegal. I'm not hurting anyone. I'm not, you know, I'm not like a murderer or something crazy like that. I'm literally just dancing around on stage. Expressing yourself and enjoying yourself. Expressing myself. Yeah. And, You know, also being told, too, like, all of it has to have a purpose. All of it has to have something to help drive society forward. And, like, sometimes I just want to do a performance that makes people laugh. Yeah. And that can be so beneficial to society, I guess, in its own respect, especially during these weird COVID times. Like, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know people rely on entertainment right now. So yeah, I mean, know that like, if you are going through a really rough time with people that are supposed to be supportive, and, you know, that you really deeply care about, you're not alone. Like there's so many people out there who are having the same thing. And it's not easy to go through. It's
0: it's so hard. It's very difficult. But I'm so glad you were able to share that tidbit that you're going through right now. Because it's, incredibly difficult and also just incredibly Mm. difficult to hear too like as a friend so I'm I'm really 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 hoping that things will change or at least just get better and stuff too for your own like sanity and health (laughs) you know
1: (laughs) yeah I do have a wonderful support system here in Vancouver though so if it wasn't for them I don't know I don't know where I'd be right now but um yeah a lot of this just happens to have happened right when COVID happened so like Everything is amplified right now. Totally, um, I don't have my typical. Usually, I'm a very, very busy person where I'm out of my house for 15 hours a day, yes. and <laughs> I don't. And suddenly, I go from being out of the house from 15 hours a day to like I'm in my house all the time now. So it, it really, it, I don't have an escape from those thoughts and those feelings, and it's it's hard. You can't escape. Like, I can't escape from them. No. So my escape is is trying to talk to friends when they listen to me about everything that's going on and I know, I definitely know like I've talked to you before about some of this and it's yeah. it's just it's hard man it's so hard
0: Um, oh, virtual hug virtual hug <laughs> <laughs> miss you so much <laughs> I'm <good> too <laughs> it's been way too long but you know what at least we got technology during this time so <laughs> but on yeah. a, a lighter note we'll switch gears we're gonna go into some short Q&A here oh um, yay yeah <laughs> there's a couple questions that came in so um, how many tattoos do you have?
1: <laughs> uh, okay. Hold on. Um, let me count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, oh my god, ten, eleven, oh, well, thirteen, four, fourteen maybe? I think, no, wait. <laughs> wait. I think it's sixteen. I don't oh, know. Damn. It's all kind of becoming one big thing now. I'm supposed to have another appointment in June. So oh. There's going to be more.
0: I did not know it was that much.
1: <laughs> oh, my uh, Yeah, I have a lot of ink on my body. There, there is a lot, and I love.
0: <laughs> well, they're beautiful. I'll just say that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I guess this question is coming from pole dancer. How is that Iron X progress going? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite nemesis move?
1: I can't do it. Oh, I, you were so
0: close.
1: I, I get so close. I can't, like, I have the strength. I can't figure it out. I can't deadlift. And honestly, it it's what really gets to me. I just ordered a resistance band online. I finally yes. came. So I'm going to use a resistance band, but Yay. I fucking hate that move because
0: I can't <laughs> get it. It's um, a hard
1: move. Yeah, I, I just, uh, oh. I feel bad. I'm like, I'm one of those dancers where I'm like, I can do all these other crazy things, but I can't iron X. Why?
0: <laughs> so if you guys are a non pole dancer, an iron, iron X move is a, a move that you're parallel to the pole. You're just holding up your body with your arms and you're shaped like an X. So yes, it is very hard. <laughs> very difficult um what are your plans for your next competition piece
1: um well yeah as I said earlier I'm going to do a granny panty number for the next competition virtually online so yeah get ready for that it's going to be sexy and high-waisted and big granny panties
0: I am so excited to see that personally, (laughs) personally. (laughs)
1: Um, If you want to check out the song, I highly recommend checking it out. The artist's name is Shirley Gnome, Gnome as in like a garden gnome. Um, (laughs) And yeah, the song is called High Wasted. A lot of her stuff is very explicit, so I highly
0: recommend checking her music out. Cool. I love the plug. (laughs) Yes. Um, Do you have any recommendations for um, like resources for support? for mental health yeah um so
1: i would definitely recommend again your family doctor is going to be a huge support you can always google therapists online there's also lots of resources like i know if you have my health what is it called it's like this oh like app. teladoc
0: um i think it's teladoc or like assure health or something but it's like yeah. an app right
1: it's yeah
0: babylon telus
1: health it's a really cool app where you can do like virtual doctor's appointments but they also will do therapy there's also i know there's suicide hotlines out there there's also um you can the, i know vgh has a mental health resource center that you can go into for free and they will help you in a mental health crisis so yeah, check out the VGH. I forget what the name of that center is called right now, but they have a center there. So if you are in dire straits, like you, there is there are resources available to you in Vancouver. That's what I love about Canada is that unlike our neighbors to the south, we have way better access to mental health. There isn't crazy wait lists. It isn't crazy expensive it, all it takes is like a doctor's appointment or, um, just a trip to the hospital. And there is no shame in that whatsoever. Absolutely, like, even I was considering going to the hospital, um, help for mental health. Cause I was in such a bad position earlier, um, about half a year ago. Um, but my doctor was super helpful, but yeah, family doctors, they are so golden.
0: That's awesome. Thank you for that. <laughs> and the last mm. question here is, um, who are your burlesque idols?
1: Who are your Burlesque idols? Um, <laughs> okay, well, I going to say, I freaking love Nikki Nine Doors. Yes,
0: love her too so much.
1: I yeah. I also I love Lola Frost. She's yes, gorgeous on stage. I also love and idolize Miss Kiss. Um, oh okay. She, is a Vancouver performer and she hosts a lot of things she's very funny and she's got the sort of gothic vibe going on love it yeah those are some of my main idols I have like a whole bunch of burlesque performers oh and I have another burlesque performer that she is very near and dear to my heart and I just absolutely love all the work she does her name is la dame derriere Um, (laughs) love that name She's just been. She's a wonderful friend, and she is such a great performer. And like, I just only hope to be as sen- sensual and sexual as her.
0: <laughs> Goals, right? Goals. Okay, yes. but before I let you go, where uh-huh. can we find you?
1: Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. My handle is serotonin all one word. You can also find Van City Vixens Cabaret on Instagram and Facebook. Um on Instagram, the handle is Van City Vixen's Cabaret. Yes. And on Facebook, the username is vv Cabaret. VV um, Okay. And if you just search
0: Van Vixen's Cabaret, our page will show up.
1: Okay. Um,
0: yeah, those are the main places you can find me. And next performance is Next Performance is Pent Up 2. 2.0. <laughs> and that
1: is happening. Let me get the mm. The show for the showtime for that is on June 3rd. That is coming up real soon. So this is great. Yeah. This. So i thought i to get choreographing that piece ASAP. So.
0: <laughs> well, we're definitely going to be looking forward to seeing that, but thank you so much, Miss Sarah Tonin for joining us on the show today. It was a pleasure having you. Um, thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure. <laughs> and yeah. Thanks guys for joining us for another episode of strip by Sia. That's strip by Sia on Instagram or my Instagram personal Instagram, stuff, and there may or may not be another episode, I keep saying that <laughs> because it's just like a, a COVID series and I just keep on rolling with it, so we'll see what happens next week, but thanks guys, enjoy the rest of your day, new episode, hopefully next Sunday, see you guys. Uh... You're listening to Stripped by Sia. Produced and hosted by Steph Sia, aka Kim Chi, music by Ted D, photography by Ian Daburn, and graphics by Maria Bellanturama.